sein Leben lang. Hallo Leute, willkommen zum einzigen Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Official world's only English Schalke Podcast. This is episode what 139 of Schalke America. I'm your host Richard Carmen. Joining me as always on a not so victory Monday, Jack Mangan. Jack, how we doing, man? Uh, a not victory Monday across uh, a number <laughs> of different sports or at least teams. Uh, not a good sports weekend for, you. for your boy. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty yeah. rough run for me. Uh, not only uh, did uh, did Schalke lose a result in stoppage time, but we had uh, my Chicago Red Stars uh, losing in a final once again, and then uh, some additional fallout today uh, in the form of some long form journalism. Uh, not not in the scope of this podcast, but uh, just adding, yeah, a- adding to that, and then uh, of course uh, the Bears doing Bears things as well. Uh, losing last minute oh, that's to right. uh, that's the right. Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, tough uh, tough sports weekend for me. How are you, sir? Um, you know, obviously the Shock game was difficult, but uh, going into the game, I was I was good because the Shock America Derby went to me this weekend with um, the, my spirit winning uh, their first title. So, yeah, it was uh, – the rest of the weekend was fine. Um, Redskins are somehow – what are they called now? The Washington football team, they won. Uh, it was Washington okay. football team. Washington football team, the WTFs. I mean, well, they'll be FTs. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise, all right, good, man. It's good, good. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about in particular from this game. Um, let's just get into it. I mean, anything you want to talk before we get into this game? Obviously, we're going to have a no, big talking point, but. Yeah, no, not really. I, I had a gig with my band, so I was. Uh, I only watched like a portion of this. I'm going to have to rely on you for the most part for what your takes were generally. But um, of course, did see uh, the end, which is, um, yeah, as you said, going to be the main talking point in this one. But yeah, if you want to just jump into the lineups real quick. Yeah, absolutely. Let me get into this. So uh, looking at the lineups in this one uh, for the home team, which would be Verda Bremen. Uh, Yuri Pavlenko would be in goal. They went with a back three of Gross, Toprak, and Jung. Uh, one with a holding midfielder of Groove, and then uh, mid midfield four, I guess, really of Agu, Schmidt, and Baum, and Bittencourt, who was dangerous all game long. Uh, and then up top, they had Dukes and Fulkrug. Um, obviously, Fulkrug is someone who's been a pain in our ass for as long as he's been in in our lives. Um, was he? The, I mean, obviously, he and Bittencourt, I think, going into this game would have been the big focal points for me. Uh, what were your thoughts on this Verde Bremen team? Obviously, Petlenka is a decent goalkeeper as well. Yeah, I would agree with you as those two kind of being the main uh, the main danger men. Um, certainly a a larger percentage of their starting XI um, sort of intact from last year as opposed yeah. to ours. So, yeah, a little bit more carryover and continuity, some names that you would obviously recognize there. Um, uh, and from what I understand, Pavlenka didn't have maybe the best day in goal overall. I mean, not a whole lot of action on either side no, in terms of no. like clear-cut chances. But, yeah, generally speaking, Pavlenka, um, you know, a, a pretty solid goalkeeper. Um, he's given us trouble in the past for sure. Yeah, no, it certainly does. And uh, looking at our lineup, obviously Frazzle still in goal. Back three of Tiao, Kaminsky, and Itakura. Uh, Paulson is back as a holding midfielder with Latsen and um, Drexler in the middle. And then Aidan on the right, Oian on the left, up top, Bulter and Tarota. Um, again, 
seeing Lotsa and Paulson, I was curious to see yeah. how that was going to work out. Uh, we saw how, in my opinion, I thought Lotsa had a, sh- a very struggle of a game. Uh, thoughts on the lineup for, for us going into that? I mean, yeah, that was a talking point for us on the last pod, right, was the comments that Kramatsis had made regarding um, Donnie Lotsa's fitness, but also his propensity to, I think, be included in the starting lineup. Um, and, uh, I mean, it definitely sounded like, you know, he was kind of committed to Donnie Lotsa being, you know, the captain and, and being one of the first names on the team sheet when available. And we saw that again. Um, and it, it kind of, you have to say it probably comes at the expense of a guy like Salazar, um, which I don't know if that's the guy that you want to be dropping for the most part. Um, so, I mean, I think yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on what Danny Lotsa's performance was, but I think so far it limited sample size post injury, um, yeah nothing to be excited about at all and certainly nothing uh, i think warranting um you know mandatory inclusion in the starting lineup yeah and before i really get into lots uh, i'm gonna give a plug to a friend of the show friend of the of the podcast marie schulte bocum uh she got an interview with rodrigo salazar uh after i think it was after the game or just before the game um on her marie's bundesliga minutes so definitely give that a look we we retweeted that so give her give her a follow for sure but Back to Danny Lotza. Yeah, I thought he had a, an incredibly poor game in this one. Um, I was screaming for him to come off at halftime. I mean, he obviously had the yellow card going into halftime. Was not playing well, all out of position in my opinion. I thought he was by far the worst player on the team. Not that he was atrocious or anything, but he needed to come off, I think. I think we needed – we were lacking offensive – I mean, we were, we were constantly lacking offensive output, right? But he wasn't helping things, I think. And I think – I think, I think <laughs> – Having Salazar or maybe a Trilinoff out there would have been much better, in my opinion, than having Lotza and Paulson, who kind of really cancel each other out. And Paulson, I thought, was having decent a game. I think he had a goal line clearance in the first half, I think. Um, so, yeah, Lotza was really, you know, the, what's the English phrase, sixes and sevens, and he was probably a four for me. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah, he ended up, he did end up coming out of the game. Um, the game was very, very stagnant uh, when, you know, Neither team was really being dominant uh, at times. Schalke had a little bit of possession early on, and then Werder Bremen started taking control of the game in terms of possession. Um, first half, we had outshot them, but in the second half, they really uh, put the pedal to the metal against us. Um, and it looked like we were bound for a 0-0 draw. I remember during the chat, people were saying, this is going to be a draw, it's going to be a draw. And then out of the blue, who someone, I think, Simon Tirota, um he was pretty active all game long, I thought. Uh, it wasn't one of his best games by any stretch, but uh, he was popping up all throughout the game. And then finally, the 82nd minute, after Rodrigo Salazar was inserted into lineup for Danny Lazza, had a shot from distance. We know that he loves doing that. Uh, Pavlenka could not handle it. And what does Timur Torta do? He poaches, beautiful diving header to get the goal. Uh, wonderful for, for him to finally get the record breaker, 154, the lone uh goal scorer or leader of the Svaita Liga. Uh, and at that point, it seemed like we were bound to win, right, Jack? one uh, nothing late in the game. Um, thoughts on Torto finally breaking his duck and getting the record? Yeah, well, he had been on a tear uh, to start the season. And then once he reached sort of that, you know, that one goal shy threshold of the record, suddenly he was sitting on that for a number of games and just could seem to break through. But we always knew that, you know, obviously, as, as long as he was fit, it was only a matter of time. Um, it's just about providing... Uh, you know, the proper service for him. And it wasn't really even the proper service on this play, but, uh, you know, Salazar just kind of has one from significantly outside the box and really gets a hold of it. Um, I mean, on target, I was forced to save from Pavlenka at least, and it's and it was hit with enough pace that Pavlenka, uh, you know, wasn't able to hold on to it and wasn't able to really direct it where he probably would have liked to either. 
and uh, you know, luckily Tirada and I believe maybe somebody else as well, but Tirada followed the shot in mm-hmm. um, and was you know the first to get there. And as you said, you know, diving header and uh, you know makes no mistake about it. And uh, you know, relatively stylish way to uh, to get the record. Maybe would have liked it if it was you know a little bit uh, something that he created a little bit more or you know something like that as opposed to just yeah. kind of mopping up, but. Um, you know, I think he'll take it uh, any way he can. And, uh, you know, not only a, a big goal for him personally, uh, but a big goal uh, in the context of the match at that point. Wasn't the uh, the record tying goal just a random like deflection off of him that he really didn't take a shot, just hit it and went in? I think it was it's something really fluky. So that's I more remember because it's been so many games now since he actually scored. Time. Yeah, it's like a month and the last one came. Yeah. Um, but this is a little bit more turtle like as opposed to that goal. Um, but I think the, the big thing for me in this and that goal was that. This is what Salazar brings, right? He does have that potential of, of, of that offensive output, um, and he loves taking those shots from distance. A lot of times it does go high, but when he gets it on target, it forces the goalkeeper to make a save, and if you got guys like Boulter and Toroto who can read those, um, you have a chance at the rebound opportunity, and that's what Toroto did. And so, yeah, um, I mean, yeah. we've made fun of it at times this season, sort of like, you know, Salazar go burr type like meme you know you know what i mean like like that's the tactic like you know like but um but that isn't to say there isn't some use to that in general especially yeah. when when things get bogged down or um you know otherwise sort of uh like intractable situations in the midfield where they're having difficulty building there's some there's some usefulness to a guy that can kind of do those things and just kind of you know throw something and make something happen so uh yeah and it, once again that kind of it brings up the question of should donny lots be you know a nailed on starter so that you're having to decide between, you know, the likes of like Drexler and 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 Zalatar every game and, and rotate them in and out. Um, I mean, personally, in my opinion, I mean, not, once again, it's, I don't have like an anti Donny Lotsa agenda. It's just, sure. I think yeah. on the balance of what we've seen this season, I think I think Zalatar has absolutely earned a spot. So unless it's just a rotation situation, which and if that's the case, fine. But it comes on the back of an international break. You know, I mean, I I would doubt that's the case. So. Um, yeah, something to watch going forward. Uh, and if the results continue to suffer, um, and Donnie Lotz's performances don't improve, I think it's going to help Gramatz's case, um, as a manager who's, you know, severely under pressure anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you disagree that Zalazar at this point in the season has been one of our better players overall? I mean, certainly, certainly top five, you'd say arguably yeah. top three. I mean, like, yeah. No, I agree. I think he's been very cons- he's gotten more and more consistent as the season's gone on. It's not been to where we think he should be as a central attacking midfielder, but he's been playing better and better and causing a lot of things. And I think as soon as he came on, he was an instant impact for us, constantly driving against uh, the vertebrae defense. Um, yeah, and I after, think right. after the first like four games of the season, he's been really you know really yeah. solid that, since yeah. that point at least at a minimum. Yeah. So yeah, and. On, yeah, like you said, he he probably deserves to be in a certain eleven, and I think another guy who deserves to be in a certain eleven is Drexler. Drexler's been playing his ass off. I think he might. I think he may have picked up an injury at the end of the game, so that may uh, spare Gramozzi's the blushes if he can get Salazar and Latza in there. Um, not that we have anything against Latza, but I think Paulson's probably deserved his spot as well. He's been pretty admirable when he's not um, blowing his lid for something stupid, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, Salazar and I think Drexler deserve to be in a certain eleven. I think we're a better team when they're both in there. Um, but we'll see if uh, Gramozzi learns from his ways. Uh, we'll see if also if any injuries coming out of the end of that game um, affect his uh, certain love and going to the match against Sandhausen coming up here uh, this Saturday at 7.30 Eastern time, 6.30 Central. Um, yeah, we thought we were heading to victory in this one. Uh, I, we knew some time was going to come out at the end of the, end of the game, right, um, for stoppage time because there were several injuries, substitutions and whatnot. But in literally the last minute of stoppage time, 
there was a play where it resulted in our box. It might have been a pass over the top or something. And Matriciani was defending the uh, – I forget who the, the Verde Bremen attacker was. You see the, the Bremen player go down – and you're watching. I was watching live, and I'm like, "That's not a penalty. There's no chance." I mean, like, as it's possible, but then you watch the replay, and you're like, "There's no chance. There's no penalty here. Come on." They they slapped hands. Uh, go to VAR, as you imagine they would, right? And then I think everyone and their mother was thinking, "Okay, this is no penalty. Game over." They point to the spot. Um, this is the big controversy of the game. Uh, what are your thoughts on on what happened? Yeah, so apologies first of all if I if I butcher the pronunciation of the last name. I'm not sure, but I'm going to go with Asale, I believe. Yes, Roger yes, Asale. I think so. Um, yeah. so yeah, uh, it, I believe it was I want to say it was Gruev, um, who played Maybe that the, initial ball yes, in kind of like I a desperation so. kind of like long ball, not quite from midfield, but sort of over from the sideline near midfield. Um, and uh, I think one of our players, you know, got ahead to it, but kind of knocked it over to the right, and and unfortunately Asale was kind of running in off that shoulder, um, Matriciani, yeah, turns around to kind of track the ball um, and then has, you know, a Bremen player like right in front of him suddenly. Um, it, you know, it does appear as though there's some contact from, you know, Matriciani's right right foot onto Asale's right foot. Um, it appears to be exceedingly minimal. And what what follows to me, and obviously this is going to be my bias, Shaka perspective, appears to be a pretty clear dive. Um, I don't think that contact warrants that kind of, you know, fall from him. And it seems as though he's perfectly fine until he realizes that he's not close enough to the ball and that Frazzle is going to is going to pick that up. And then he suddenly goes down quite dramatically. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, when that initially happened, I wasn't sure if they had called a handball on Matriciani or what was going on, because it didn't appear to be, you know, like an actual like foul from like a tackle. Right. Like, so I right. wasn't even sure like what like what was being what was being discussed, but yeah, uh, you know, pretty shocking that, you know, he's clearly in communication with, you know, the video official and then gets sent over to the monitor to check it out, uh, himself. And, uh, yeah, shockingly calls the penalty. I mean, and Tobias Steelers is a very experienced official. Um, I mean, a pretty well-known name in my opinion, um, yeah. you know, in German, in German soccer. And, um, yeah, uh, I, I don't, know what to say i mean like listen like i said there, there was some minor contact um if you want to call say that that's enough for a penalty i mean go for it i think i don't think it is and i think i mean it's not that you can call it based on the game situation but like i don't think you call that in general I especially don't think you call that in the 90th minute um and, and you know the fact that he only had to go to the fact that he had to look at the video in slow motion to determine that in my opinion should have also allowed him to see in slow motion how clear of a dive that was yeah. Um, and these things are subjective, but, uh, yeah, I was shocked by that personally. Yeah. And I think the he did not call penalty on the field. And when he went to VAR, it should be conclusive. And I doubt it very much. He, he found any conclusion from that. Um, you mentioned that, uh, maybe he touched his foot. Uh, it's funny cause actually Gramosi's mentioned this as well. So Gramosi's quoted after the game and says, he said, he told me that the player was hit in the foot and that was a clear penalty. Gramosis went on to say maybe he'll have to take the referee certificate again because that's not a normal uh, – and he has a FIFA badge on for, for, for fuck's sake. Um, but, yeah, I, I looked at the replay many times, and after they called that penalty, the only thing I 100% saw was a slap of the hand, Matriciani on, on Asale, and he went down. You see his foot go down, and it's not conclusive whether he hits him or not. It looks like he 
has his foot down just before um, Asale gets there, and then like like you said, he realizes the ball is way too far ahead of him, and and then dives. Um, Roven Schroeder, he loved the guy. He loved him more and more, and especially after this comment he made in the game after the game, he says because that was one of the most blatant mistakes I've ever seen. Um, I know the DFB came out and said that um, one VAR should never have intervened in that play, uh, but two, there's nothing. It said something about like it wasn't yeah. conclusive or something, and yeah. And that was what was interesting to me is that like DFB actually did come out in dialogue with Schalke. Schalke published this on the website saying this was a conversation I had with them that confirmed that yeah, number one, it was the correct decision to not give a penalty. Um, number and number two, it, it wasn't a clear and obvious error, so VAR shouldn't have even radioed down to Tobias Steeler to like question him on it or get him to go look at it. Yeah. And then third, based on the footage that was available from the TV broadcast, at least I don't know if there was additional footage that you right. know Steeler was able to see at the VAR but at least based on the footage that we saw there wasn't anything that was conclusive that should have allowed him to overturn it in the first place so the DFP basically came out and said on three different like strikes essentially he was wrong and incorrect in every single one of them um and so I mean yeah I mean I think we can feel justified in feeling pretty aggrieved when the DFB agrees that it was you know mishandled through multiple stages of that of that process and was ultimately the wrong decision so um of course you know Verda Bremen on their website call it a deserved draw um, and, and, you know, like a correct foul decision, of course, because that's what they're going to do. But, um, yeah, pretty, pretty absurd. I mean, once again, it wasn't it wasn't as if like he called the penalty right. and then went and looked at it and confirmed it. He didn't call the penalty initially. And I think everyone besides the Verde Bremen players thought that was the right decision. And, and for yeah, it's just it's tough. And it, that's not going to hopefully be, you know, the result that like costs us getting promoted or something like that. But, you know, I mean, two points are two points. And yeah. um, uh, that's a tough way to lose it, you know, just seconds from the end of the match. Yeah, and I guess another team that who just dropped from the Bundesliga, you you imagine to be in the hunt as well. So it's a big it's a big two points loss, and even Dirk says you know agrees with us. Um, and what's even more damning with all of that, you add all that on top of that, is you look some of the replays, and it looked like it was a handball against Werder Bremen. Uh, Dirk even mentions that here, first a handball and then a dive. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. Schalke, many wondered if Schalke were gonna like protest this and do some kind of legal thing with this. Uh, they came out and said they're not going to do it. It's not even worth it. They just realized that this is, has to be a talking point. It needs to be discussed because this needs to change. You can't have this. And the rules clearly state, you know, what you can and cannot do. And obviously that rules weren't followed in this one. Why so many people like Schroeder and Gramotis were pissed off about it. Um, yeah, you're welcome, William. See, William talked about the handball as well. Um, but it's infuriating because literally in the ninth minute of stoppage time, they finally, now they call a penalty and full crook steps up. You know, it's more than likely he's going to score. He did score. Uh, and I said, he celebrated like an asshole, which he pretty much did, but you know, Hey, you just tied the game. So no, no fault of full crook. I think I'm more pissed off at Steeler. Uh, but man, that's, that's a horrible way. To yeah, you and I have talked about some, some decisions over the course of the life of this podcast, right. That have, that have not gone away. Like I'm not even that angry about this one just because I'm still so shocked about like every time I watch it, I'm just like, really, you're going to make that call. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's got, it's gotta be the worst thing that I think that you and I have ever witnessed yeah. together. I think. Yes. Starting this. It's, it's, it's absurd. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Hey, you know, credit to, to Schroeder and Gramatzis for not pulling any punches in the media and being like overly diplomatic about it. You know what I mean? Cause sometimes they'll yeah. be like, Oh, well, you know, I didn't see it or, you know, this and that. And then no, and then they came out and said, yeah, this is, this is 
an absurd decision. And, you know, yeah, I think Gramatis was saying stuff like, you know, I've been around football for a while. Like, it's not my, you know, first time around the block. And uh, that may be the worst thing I've ever seen in my career. So, (laughs) Um, (laughs) earn some points with me there. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's on the hot seat. So he's going to say what he has to say to help himself out. But I I probably, I believe that he's, you know, being fairly truthful with that, with that appraisal. So, yeah. And like I said, Rovin Schroeder, he was heated when they interviewed him with Sky after the game, too. So, you know, he keeps winning more and more points with me. So uh, what are you going to do? Dirk says, uh, I'm disappointed with Schalke, though, because by not filling their pro- filing their protest, they give the DFB no reason to change their VR rules. Yeah. Dirk, and I don't know if we can afford the legal fees at this point. <laughs> I mean, this, come is on. True. this is true. <laughs> he goes up there with Timo Werner for died for a couple years ago. I think this is worse than that. This is worse than that. Um, uh, I mean, you think? I, I think I think the call, I think this call might might be might be. Uh, I, I think I think the, the 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 action from the player. I think the Timo Werner dive. Yeah, far is still the dive. most. Is, yes. And his in his post match commentary on it, like even when his own coach was like, "Yeah, that wasn't a foul." And Timo Werner's like, "Yeah, he touched <laughs> me." Like that may be the most egregious dive ever seen. Was the Timo <laughs> Werner one? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of them for sure. Yeah, there's some there's some pretty bad ones. You look at some Brazilian Neymar's. You can name a few. Um, but I still yeah, get about that every time I think about it, that was like 30 seconds into the match, man. Unbelievable, yeah, ruined the game, but this ruined the game as well. Uh, one one ruins Toroto's record breaking night, uh, would have been a celebration, would have been celebration mode, uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, a hard result because we would have been we would have pushed up to fifth place. This sucks more, even even more for, for Gramozzi's because his hot seat is still very much hot. Uh, they they could have gone up to fifth place and you know been moving up, uh, but now with the with the draw they're still in seventh place. They're still behind Nuremberg, still behind uh, Hamburg, and obviously the the, the big boys are in the top four. Um, surprise result of the weekend is St. Pauli lost and they lost to to Darmstadt four nothing, which is a crazy result. Which makes it wide open now. You know they're they're not unbeatable. We didn't think they were. Uh, it's Bergstar solidarity right there, man. That's what it is. That's right. That's looking right. out for us. <laughs> Uh, but I thought he would have been in revenge mode after they released like photos of Tarada in the uh, the ugly sweaters. Uh, oh, did I missed that. I, I thought I thought I saw I saw that on Twitter. I mean, this is being replaced. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, here's the thing: you look at the table. I mean, we're in seventh place now, but I think what three points from the top. So that yeah, that top yeah, yeah. seven is condensed to within basically one match result worth of worth of a points haul. So, um, How this, crazy hey, is this, that? this is what we said preseason gonna be a, gonna be a good one in in the second division. And uh, certainly starting to shape up that way with a lot of teams in the mix here. Um, I mean, you really have no idea how this could how this could end up based on how things are going at the moment. We talked about how difficult this league is. We from we said it all last year. Like, don't want, don't wish to go to this fight the league because it's difficult, and it proves it with what seven eight teams within three points. So here here's a question, right? We get into the Winterpause, same position at the table, still same amount of point difference between us and the top. Do you get rid of Grabosius? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, once again, it depends on the financial situation. I guess, I guess there is a universe in which um, Schalke feel that they can be financially solvent with a second consecutive season in the second division, and they're they're not as concerned about it. And maybe they go for continuity because they believe that Garazas has you know the minerals or whatever. But um, uh, yeah, I don't see how if we're not in if we're not at least I think top in three. like fourth fourth place, like you know a point or two off the top three. I think that's the only way he survives. Anything, anything below that, and I think he's he's gone. Um, if not by Christmas, maybe even before that. I mean, once again, we we talked about uh, before the international break, like 
the fixture list coming out of the break is not any kinder than it was going into it. Um, so, <laughs> no. and we, we said this could get ugly real fast for him. And uh, luckily he has, you know, he, he's sort of bolstered by that result coming by way of a very controversial decision that fans will not blame him for um, uh, obviously, right. but uh, you know, they, they need to respond us. now and, 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 you know, pick up a result in the next one. Um, yeah. If you look at the next four games before the winter pausa, right? These, well, the next one's a must-win against Sandhausen, bottom of the table of Sandhausen. But then you got St. Pauli, mm-hmm. Nuremberg, and Hamburg, all teams above you in the table. You win all three of those games somehow, you are on top of the table, I would imagine. Um, you lose all three, bye-bye. And you lose probably two of the three, he's gone. Uh, this is hard. I mean, girl, no, I mean, there, there's there's absolutely a world in where in which we're outside the top ten by Christmas, depending on how these games go. Um, yeah, and there's a version of it where we're you know top of the table. top three. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll have to see if you like you said if there was any injuries to Drexler. Um, if we could stay healthy, that I mean, the other big thing I thought was uh, Salif Sane with another setback on his yeah. end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he just as when he had started to make a comeback, I think he had a cameo right right before the uh, the international break, like you know second yeah. half of that game. Uh, he's he's down for the count again. So I mean, he'd be he'd be a useful guy to to, to have back in. Um, the, the good news about that, I guess, is that Kaminsky's was really strong in this game. I thought I thought he was very good in the game. Uh, and obviously, having Tiao, Itakur, and Kaminsky playing as well as they have this season for the most part, uh, it makes it. I mean, I mean, even if Sane was healthy, it'd be difficult to put him in there because the three of them have been playing really well. Who do you bring out? Probably Kaminsky, but. Kaminsky's had some crucial assists this year. He's been fairly consistent, and in this game in particular, he was driving the ball up the pitch a lot, very um, quite often. You know, in this game, you saw Tiao and, and Itakura push, stay back a little bit more. So, yeah, and he's had really good chemistry as well with Oyan. They've had a really, uh, they've been telepathic almost at times. So it's a difficult call for for Garmotis, and I guess you could always, if you really wanted Sani out there, you could probably bench Paulson and, and Latza and put put him as a holding midfielder because he played that position at Hanover. So. Yeah, all these little options. I don't know. We'll we'll see what Grimaldi's wants to do here, but uh, the, t- the the seat is going to be hot for him, and he needs to get some results here in the next four games, in particular the next game. Um, Dirk says horrible overall, horrible performance most of the game, at least for the team. Once, yeah, um, it was it wasn't a great performance at all by the team. Um, neither team really passing percentage was poor for both teams. Uh, towards the end of the game, Braveman started getting better at it, but. I mean, both teams were around sixty percent most of the game. It's pretty, pretty poor, I think. And it, it was cold. It was raining. I yeah, I mean, it. it seemed like a game that was fought in the central third a lot, yeah. with, with neither team able to string too many passes together. A um, lot of it's hitting the ball back and forth to each yeah. other, really. You know, yeah, it wasn't that great. So, uh, uh, last piece I think that we should, we have yes. to mention, and I hate that we have to mention this, is that um, you know, going back to the decision, uh, is that uh, there were reports that uh, once again I apologize for the pronunciation name, but Asale uh, was racially abused on social media uh, subsequent to that referee decision. Um, I don't know if the investigation that has been concluded into identifying who those people were, presumably they're Schalke affiliated in in some capacity, if not you know directly. Um, yeah. Schalke supporters and uh, obviously um, just completely unnecessary and and no place for it. Uh, and it's yeah. it's it's frustrating because it's not the first time over the oh. past couple seasons that we've had an issue with our with our fan base um, doing this. And I remember there was um, you know the the uh, the derby I think away at Dortmund where there was some ultras that were that were getting 
you know, a little bit over the top with some of the yeah. things that were going on there. Um, and there's been a couple other incidents as well. And then you pair that, you know, with the whole Clemens Tony's thing, going back to that, it's uh, it's unfortunate because obviously, you know, the, the few individuals who are responsible for these things are not representative of you know the club or the fan base as a whole. But correct, um, you know, if these things continue to happen, then it it becomes a trend, and then it be- starts to become attached to. Uh, sort of the current understanding of, of you know your club and your supporters and your culture and that's that's uh, it's a pretty terrible stain that you'd like to avoid if possible and uh, hopefully we can expel this from uh, the fan base because I'm I'm pretty tired of of talking about it and having these kind of things happen. I mean you you can be upset about a decision. Uh, you can be upset that a guy potentially dived. That's how you view it. I certainly do. But uh, you don't need to take it to that level. Um, it's 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 not not okay. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think it was a you know, couple idiots making remarks, and they should be banned. I, that's what I think, you know. And uh, hopefully, you know, those in the Nord Corps, you know, stand up and make them uh, call them out of a, you know, get them out of there. It's 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 putting a damn uh, damn poor name on the on the on the team and in the game in general. It shouldn't be in any any fan base really. Uh, but don't blame the player for something like this. It's really the referee, and I don't know. Don't don't play a player. Don't say shit to people. So, yeah, it was unfortunate. I, I don't care if you yell at the player. Just don't don't talk cool. about it in that way. I mean, yeah, correct. Wanna, that's what I mean. That's right. You can yell at the player all you want. Just Be nice to everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know, make it actually like sporting base. You don't have to take it to, to yeah. that level. It's yeah, it's it's gross. So yeah. Um. Anyway, there's that. There's and that. that. And I, and on that note, yeah, no. And on um, that note. Yeah, it's a short week. Well, at least for us in, in the States, right? Uh, Thanksgiving for us. So short week, short podcast, I guess. I mean, it's not much to dwell about. Really, the main talk point for us was the penalty, uh, which we we talked about at length. Um, and then now looking at the next four games, in particular the next game against Sandhausen, it's a must win. It has to be for Gramozzi's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, and that's going to be on Saturday. Uh, we'll We'll definitely do a live stream. Uh, so definitely, you know, check it out. Check out the watch along on Saturday morning. Um, and then we'll be back for the podcast after the holidays for at least the holidays here in the U S. So yeah. Quick question question to you, sir. Um, uh, not that I want to speak this into existence, but let's say we go out and we lose comprehensively to Sandhausen. Oh, two nil three, one poor performance from the, from the team is Graz is gone immediately. (sighs) I'm not entirely sure there's been enough momentum in that direction for that kind of result to do it. But I mean, considering like how important of a fixture that is and, you know, where Sandhausen is um, from a performance standpoint so far, um, do you think that could be enough? I think, I think there's a non-zero chance. I don't know if you do that right before the hard fixtures that we have coming up, but yeah, no, if, if we have a poor result against Sandhausen and then get blown out of the water by St. Pauli, I can see it. Because then you'd have two games before the international break. It would give the new coach, whomever that is, at least two games plus the winter pauses to kind of sort things out. Uh, which is still hard because you'd imagine they'd wait till after the, after the break. But, um, I mean, you get two poor results in the next two games. I can see that happening. But definitely not against uh, Sandhausen. I mean, I don't even know who the options are right now of who's available and what kind of money we have to spend on these people. It might more than likely be... Maybe it'll be Gerald Samoa or Buskins. Who knows? Uh, we really don't know what's what, who's available or what the options are. So, yeah, for me, to answer your question, no about Sanhazen, but possibly after the St. Pauli match, especially Bergstaller scores. No, I was kidding. 
Well, at least at least Haji Wright isn't at Sandhausen any longer uh, yeah. to uh, to be one of those players that comes back against us and, and scores <laughs> scores on us because you know that would happen. So it would it would yeah. and it's coming with Brooksteller. I know, I know. Uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna be mad about it. My body. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for the Brooksteller misery. Oh my goodness! All right. Uh, I guess so that'll put a bow on this one on this uh, short holiday weekend episode here. Um, yeah. Anything you want to plug or uh, where can our followers find you on social media? Find me at JM Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. And yeah, just uh, to all of our followers in the States or any any place that's, you know, celebrating uh, Thanksgiving or an equivalent holiday, um, you know, enjoy your time with uh, friends and family and loved ones and uh, be safe with your, uh, your travel. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Now we know Canada already had their Thanksgiving, uh, but everybody else in, in, in the U.S., you know, happy Thanksgiving to you as well. And to everybody just, you know, during this holiday time, you know, hold your loved ones dear and uh, enjoy the time with your family and friends. And so, yeah, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N on Twitter. Uh, definitely give the podcast a follow. Give it a like on YouTube. Uh, hit, hit that bell notification so you get notified when we have uh, podcasts and the occasional content whenever it comes up. Um, yeah. Well, until the next episode comes, or the next game, watch along on Saturday. We'll catch you soon. Look out.